Welcome to another revival message from Apostle John Pierre Becker, Senior Pastor of Revival Christian Church, South Africa. If you are in the Pretoria area, come and visit us. I want us to pick up quickly in 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 9, and I'm going to teach you how to pierce the veils here tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2, you can also get it on screens for me, please. 1 Corinthians chapter number 2 and verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of men, the things which God has prepared for those that love Him. The Bible says, I has not seen, nor ear heard. It has not even entered into the heart of men yet. The things which God has prepared, predestined, foreordained. Which means there is dimensions in God, realms in God. Many would preach this verse from a carnal mentality of material things. Eye is not seen, ear is not heard. Yes, God is going to do all of that. But I'm ministering this verse from the perspective that there is veils you have not yet pierced. There are things you have not yet heard in the Spirit. There are things you have not yet seen in the Spirit. And the Bible says God has prepared these things only for those that love Him. I can see where the lovers of God is at when we begin to worship and people cannot get enough of His presence. I can see where the lovers is at because some would sit down in worship and wish the time over, but then there are those that press into the presence. Then there are those that say, God, I'm hungry for more. Then there are those that say, God, I'm desperate for more. Can I get the first row filled with hungry people? Please do your job. Tell your neighbor, say, tonight is the night where I'm going to pierce the veils of His presence. I'm going deeper into His glory. I'm going deeper into His presence. I'm not staying behind. I'm going deeper. Shout if you believe it. Tell your neighbor, say, you've not even seen it before. Can I get those hungry people? Please come, guys. You need to work with me. Come quickly. Say with me, I'm hungry. I am desperate. I'm thirsty for more. I'm going to press in. I'm going to push in into his presence. Please, sir, I'm going to speak to you afterwards. Please, oh, sit down. Somebody, the ushers, help me. Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse 4. Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse 4. I want us to pick up there quickly. Hebrews chapter number 3 and verse 4. And his brightness was like the sunlight. Rays stream. Watch this. This man of God pierced a veil in the glory where he began to encounter. Where he started seeing the rays of glory. Tell your neighbor, say tonight I pierce that veil. 
say, my eye has not seen it yet. My ears have not heard it. But I'm going to pierce it tonight. I'm going to press into it. I'm going to lay a hold of it. This miracle ministries, this anointings, this giftings, this impartation, this realms of glory, I will pierce tonight. Ooh. This is powerful right here. And it streamed from his hands and there in the sun like splendor was the hiding place of his power. I want us to look at the veils of glory for a few moments. And I want you to take notes. The first veil, if you go study the tabernacles, separate the outer court from the inner court. While the second veil separates the inner court from the holy of holies. The purpose of these veils were to, they were to limit, they were to limit access by common people. That was the, the purpose of these veils. It was there to, to limit access to common people. For example, the Bible says the priest, only the high priest, the Levitical priesthood was allowed to pierce through the veils. Only the Levites were permitted in the inner courts. Only the Levites, only the high priests were permitted to pierce those veils. And God saw that this is a limitation. I want all of my people to pierce the veils. Now if you rewind and you study the tabernacles, you'll see that the priests were the only ones to pierce the veils and into the Holy of Holies. And what the people would do is, what the common people would do is, they would tie a rope around his leg with a bow and send the priest in. And if he had sin in his life, he would die in the presence of God. But only the priests had access. But when Christ came and he shed his blood on the cross of Calvary, he says, by my blood, you have authority to pierce every veil of limitation. You can come boldly to my throne of grace and obtain mercy. Which means now, under the new covenant, under the covenant of the blood of Jesus, every single one of us have been made priests and kings in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we can pierce every veil of limitation. I wonder if you're ready to pierce that veil here tonight. Woo! Hebrews chapter number 10 and verse 20. Hebrews chapter number 20. Hebrews 10 and verse 20. By a new living way. Say with me, living way. How many of you know the old way didn't do the trick? It killed people even in the process. Now you can come wash in the blood of Jesus. Come on. Now there's a new living way. Now there's a new powerful way, come on, whereby you have access. By a new living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh. So Christ said, I am going to deal with this limitation. And now I will cause even common people to be uncommon people. Because when common people comes into the presence of God, they become uncommon people. When ordinary people comes into the presence of God, they suddenly begin to 
be unusual supernatural people and one of those people are here tonight now listen first corinthians 2 and verse 14 but the natural man i want you to look at this tonight first corinthians 2 and verse 14 but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god if you are still an outer court man a fleshly man you will not understand what's happening here tonight the bible says but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. For they are foolishness. They are foolishness to him. Nor can they know them. Because they are spiritually discerned. They are spiritually discerned. Which means there are people that will stay behind. But they are hungry, hungry, holy, ghost people. That says, I will not be left behind. I'm not just going to taste the crumbs. But I'm going to have the fresh bread of God's presence in my life. I'm going to enter the veil tonight. I'm going to pierce through a veil I've never pierced through before. Is there any spiritual people here tonight? Here is the thing. The more spiritual you are the deeper you go in the glory when i refer to spiritual i'm not referring to flaky i'm referring to you know how to place a demand on god you know how to press in you know how to manipulate the realm of the spirit to get what you need i'm talking about a people that know how to move things in the realm of the spirit i'm talking about a, a people that know how to let the angelic loose in atmospheres i'm talking about people that says god i'm not gonna let go of you until you break through in my life Levels of light change as you go into the glory. Levels of light change as you pierce the veils. Number one, if you study it, the outer court was natural sunlight. In the outer court of the tabernacle, there was natural light. There are many naturalists. But tonight, there's supernaturalists here tonight. Is there any supernaturalists? Naturalists walk by natural light, natural intelligence, natural means. If you look at the holy place, the holy place had candlelight. The third dimension of light is glory light so it will be glory light what happened to habakkuk when he started piercing the veils the bible says that he said there was the sunlight splendor there was the rays the sunlight rays that came out of his hands it was like sunlight rays which means he pierced beyond natural lights beyond candlelight. lights and he pierced into the glory light. And his brightness was like the sunlight rays streamed from his hands. And there in the sunlight splendor was the hiding place of his power. 
which means there's veils that must be pierced to get to power there's veils that must be penetrated in the spirit before we get to power how many of you ready to get to power here tonight Paul told Timothy about this light in 1 Timothy 6 and verse 16. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 16. Who alone has immorality? Dwelling in light which cannot be approached. Whom no one of men have seen nor can see. Which means it is a consuming glory light. It is the secret place of the Most High. Say with me, immortality. The moment we pierce the veil of the glory of God, we go from carnality to immortality. The moment we pierce the veils, we step from this dimension of lights into the glory lights. What is that light? That light is the shadow of the Almighty. Psalm 91 begins by saying, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Now, if you study Psalm 91, Verse 1 to 2, there are two, two words, two very powerful Hebrew words of God in this verse. It is first of all, most high. He who abides in the shadow of the most high, so will be most high. So the moment you pierce that veil of the glory, you step into a dimension where you begin to encounter the most high. There are many dimensions of power in the Bible. There's dynamis power, which is the first dimension of power. There is exousia, that is the power, that is the power of authority. That means power to, to exercise dynamite power. Then there's many dimensions like escurus kratos, epikidniso. But if you study power deeper, you see that the highest level of power is what Mary encountered when the angel of the Lord said, the power of the highest will overshadow you. That means Mary encountered the highest dimension of the power of God. That is the glory of God. The highest realm you can pierce is the power of the highest. Come on, somebody. Say will be most high. I don't know about you tonight, but I'm ready to pierce the veil of the most high. Shout most high. Have you ever been most high in a meeting? That means you've pierced the veil where you've entered the shadow of the Almighty God. The Bible says, in that dimension, I walk under the shadow of the Almighty God. Peter encountered this dimension. Peter hid himself in the shadow of the Almighty. Therefore, when Peter's shadow fell upon the sick, the sick got healed by the power of God. Where was Peter? Peter was under the shadow. Peter was under the shadow of the Almighty God. Which means, can I preach here tonight? Which means it was not Peter.
to settle. It was the shadow of the Almighty God. Shout. Shout, I will pierce the veils tonight. I don't know what your address in the spirit, but you are bound to change addresses as you pierce the veil. Woo. My God, isn't this powerful? Tell your neighbors, I'm here to pierce the veils. I'm going into the most high, the most high realm of the glory, the most high realm of the presence of God. Tell your neighbors that you can say on lower levels, the devil is a liar, him and his mother-in-law, but I will abide under the shadow. Woo! It also means that you come into the presence of the lofty supreme one. It means you come into the power of the almighty. Say with me, almighty God. Say it one more time, almighty God. Say with me, mighty how many of you know there's a difference between mighty and almighty? Oh my God. You can be under mighty power. Or you can be under almighty power. What does all mean in English? What does all mean in spedi or cosa? That means everything. Can I preach you tonight? God says when you pierce that veil, you come into a realm where you have access to everything I have. You come into a dimension where you, you have access to all power, all miracles, all signs. I want you to jump on. Be seated. Woo. <laughs> Say with me, Almighty. Say it one more time, Almighty. What are you saying? I'm saying when you pierce that veil, it means you have access to everything. That means that there's no spiritual limitation. There's no spiritual restriction to what God is busy doing in your life. That means that you pierce the veil of no limitation. You pierce the veil of no restrictions. Come on, somebody. Be seated. <laughs> this is powerful. The second word is also Shaddai, which means strong and mighty one. The name of the Lord is a strong and mighty one. Say with me, strong. That represents the might and the power in the names of God. Say with me, strong and power. Even Psalm speaks of David. Piercing that realm. And when he pierced that realm of the Almighty, he was illuminated 
with the light of God's glory. Those who walk by natural light is illuminated by the cares of life. Those who walk by natural light is accumulated by the struggles of life. Even those who walk by candlelights, but those who walk by glory lights is illuminated by the things of heaven. Psalm 91 speaks of the hiding under the shadow of his wings. Psalms 63 and verse 7 reveals that men trust in the shadow of his wings. Psalm 60 or 36, 36 verse 7. Say with me, I will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Isn't this powerful? How many of you are receiving here tonight? Psalm 58 and verse 1. Write it down. Psalm 58 and verse 1. It shows us how men seek refuge in the shadow of God's wings. Say with me, refuge is in the shadow of God's wings. 57 verse 8. Say with me, I have refuge in His presence. I am untouchable in His presence. Say with me, the shadow of death will not fall upon me. Because the shadow of the Almighty covers me. Psalm says, although I walk through the shadow of death. There is the shadow of death. And then there is the shadow of the Almighty God. The shadow of death cannot fall upon those that walk under the shadow of the Almighty God. Therefore, we do not fear destruction, pestilence, troubles. We do not fear because we abide under the shadow of the Almighty God. Would you lift your hands there and just begin to thank Him. That that is the place of habitation for you. That is the place where you abide. That is the place where you are protected. That is the place where you are preserved. That is the place where you are untouchable. Won't you lift your hands and begin to thank Him that you can live in that dimension. Refuge. Safety. In that dimension. Won't you lift your voice and begin to thank Him. Oh. Come on, lift your voice. We surrender everything. Thank you for the privilege of abiding in this dimension. 
Thank you for the privilege of abiding in this realm under the shadow of the Almighty. Under the shadow of the Almighty. To walk with God. To be intimate with God. I want you to write this down quickly. How many of you are receiving here tonight? Psalm chapter number 2 and verse 6. Yes, I have set my king upon my holy hill in Zion. Zion is the highest place in God. High in Zion is, is, the, is the highest realm. Once you pierce that veil, you are captured in the mountain of the Lord. Psalm 61 and verse 2. Psalm 61 and verse 2. Watch what David did. Psalm 61 and verse 2. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. When my heart is overwhelmed, Lead me to the rock. Who is that rock? He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. He is the chief cornerstone that the builders have rejected. Which means even under the Old Testament, David knew that when my heart is overwhelmed, when I'm overwhelmed by the cares of life, the problems of life, when I pierce the veil, I will encounter the rock. How many of you receiving here tonight? My God, this is powerful. Psalm 15 and verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Which means there is a realm you can pierce. It is a realm of habitation in the presence of God. He's asking the question, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? And we see who, who have the right, who have the access to pierce that veil. How many of you want to see who have that right tonight? Get me Psalm 24 and verse 3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who shall stand in his holy place? And if you go read further, it says, He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not lifted up his soul to an idol, nor sown to deceitful, nor sown deceitfully that is the key right there anything listen that is more important than the presence of God is an idol in our lives anything that is more important than the presence of God in our lives has become an idol so he says, when you are number one 
when, when, when I am number one in your life, it says you have access to pierce that veil. Hungry people came on a Saturday night tonight. There are others, the things of the world has become an idol to them. They worship the things of the world above God. Which means that is idolatry. They worship the world. They worship the pleasures of life. But tonight the people are here saying, God, we are ready to worship you. We are ready to pierce the veils. Is there anybody like that? You see, when you pierce that veil, suddenly it brings holiness into your life. There are a number of things how you can pierce that veil. Keep the verse up and I want you to write it down. Because there's revelation flowing here. Number one, he who has a pure heart. Say with me, pure heart. Say it one more time, a pure heart. How many of you know a heart that is pure, is sensitive to the presence of God? People come and their hearts are not pure and therefore they cannot worship because impure hearts cannot worship God. And then secondly, he shows us who does not worship idols? The children of Israel had that same problem because when they took the offering, they built the golden calf and they worshiped it. Anything that is more important than God's presence in our lives is an idol. Whether it's your wife, your children, your husband, your work, it's an idol. Some people can commit in traffic a whole week for work. But when it comes to church, they say, no, 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 no. Other things are more important than the presence of God. Id idols, idols in our hearts, idols in our lives. Those things that are more important than God. And then he talks about clean hands. And pure hearts. Say with me purity. Can I give you a few more? Keys that would give you access to pierce those veils. Pick up in Psalm 63 and verse 1. David said, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. Very few know how to seek God. Earnestly will I seek you. I will seek you. I will seek you. Many worship the worship. You missed that part. Many worship the worship. They worship, they part of that church because they worship the worship. You say, oh, the worship is nice in that church. What are they doing? They're worshiping the worship. And let me tell you this, 
most of those seeker-friendly, so skilled, so perfect, are worshiping the worship. And they're not seeking God. Why do you lift your hands and you worship? You want to seek God. If God hides himself from us, what will we do? We will seek him till we find him. You see, this is the problem. So many worship teams, not this worship team. Because I'll minister the five-fold ministry. Either this way or this way. Many worship teams, and this is the tragedy. They can never seek God. Because they, the worship session is, is run on a clock. And it's a whole performance thing. They have to stay on those three minutes on that song. Four minutes for that song. And they can never seek God. They just want to rush it. Guess what? They never find God. Sometimes there are veils in our flesh that we must pierce through in order to find God. I know it in myself when I worship. I have discovered God or not. I'll know I'm in the flesh. I still have to pierce through the flesh. Pierce through warfare in my mind. And then suddenly, I, oh, I enter into that realm where I pierce the veil and I begin to find God. Let me tell you this. When we find God in worship, you'll be too afraid to open up your eyes. When you find Him, you will be too scared to open up your eyes. Because you'll know the living God is standing in front of you. Here, David gives us the keys to pierce those veils. It's earnestly. Earnest means passion. Passion. Passion in worship. That means violently, aggressively, passionately pursuing, seeking, seeking. Seek Him. The Bible says, seek God and you will find Him. That means you keep knocking in the Spirit until you find Him. And then He says, I seek you. And then second, He says, my, my soul, my soul begins to thirst for God. And we understand in context that this is the thirst unto death, which means holy desperation. That realm of thirst. If you are here tonight because it was required of you as leadership to be here, please go home. But if you are here because you are thirsty, you will discover God. I don't want anybody here that says, I have to be here because I'm obligated, because I'm a leader in the church. No. If that's your mindset, as a belief, please stay at home. Because you're just going to be another veil we're going to have to pierce through. You're going to be in the way. You're going to be in the flesh with a long face. 
We want people that says we're thirsty for God. We're thirsty for His presence. We're thirsty to encounter Him. We're thirsty for a move of God. Listen, therefore, tomorrow night, it wasn't planned, but we will have a service here. If, if you're not thirsty, don't come. I know it's Mother's Day, but some mom with your mom. It's about the presence of God. I say it's about the presence of God. We're going to honor mamas. Listen, we're going to honor mamas. We're going to honor mamas tomorrow morning. All the mamas say amen. We're going to give you gifts. But if I don't have service tomorrow night, I will feel backslidden. Treating a mom. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If I'm not in church on a Sunday night, I will feel backslidden. And at the same time, treating a mom. So you treat your mom. Can you say amen? In between the services. But tomorrow night we come back thirsty for the presence of God. Thirsty to pressing. Thirsty for more. And listen, this is the thing. I want you to do, be transparent. If you don't want to be here, ask a belief. There's no manipulation. There's no witchcraft in this church where you have to be here. In fact, you must want to be here. You must want to be in the presence of God. Therefore, if anybody works for the church and they have to work for the church, I will say, can we plant you out? Uh, can we give you a church? Uh, can we move on now? Because it looks like you have to be here. But if they say, I want to be here, I want to serve, then it's the right place. Somebody shout, I'm thirsty. Shout, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. The moment we lose our thirst is the moment we get stuck between veils. Where God says, what I has not seen, ear has not heard. It hasn't even entered into the heart of man. The things that God has prepared. Many lose their thirst for the presence of God. And they get stuck between veils. That's what we discuss. You can ask Pastor Tarby and our pastors. In our pastors meeting this week. If we as pastors cannot be examples of how to thirst for the presence of God, how to press into the presence of God, we cannot expect the church to press in. We cannot expect the church to lay a hold of God. We cannot expect the church to thirst for God. I'm leading by example tonight that I'm radically desperate for the presence of God. Tell your neighbor, say, I'm desperate for the presence of God. Woo! My soul thirsts for you. Then he says something thirdly, very profound. My flesh longs for you. This is glorious right here. I have encountered this many times. How many of you will just be all by yourself or maybe in a car or, or maybe just, you know, fellowshipping with people and your flesh begins to long for God. 
That's what happened to us. That's what happened to me last night. We were helping the ladies, you know, putting all the gifts together that we're going to give for Mother's Day tomorrow. And they had a piano in the house. And Granville jumped on the piano. And we started worshiping. Mamas came under the power of God while wrapping the gifts. Came under the glory of God. But I mean, we were just fellowshipping. But suddenly, my flesh started longing for God. Say with me, longing. And when we did that, the whole house was filled with the glory of God. Say with me, longing. Have you ever longed for someone? How many of you have been in love? And it was a long-distance relationship. Help us. You like on the phone for two hours. The phone is on fire. And the big bill went to mama and papa. How many of you have ever longed for somebody in the natural? It's the same when it comes to piercing veils. When we begin to long for God, we pierce a veil in the spirit. So some will feel this way. Cannot, can't it be weekend already? Some will feel that way. Can't, can't it be time for church already? Because I long to be under that corporate anointing. I long to be in that glory. I long to be in that presence. How many of you agree with me if one would work away and not see his wife for two weeks, three weeks, and there's no longing, it is the beginning of divorce. Because the moment we lose the longing, it is the first sign of spiritual death. David Shows us how we can pierce the veils of God's presence. So he says earnestly, I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you. In a dry and a thirsty land where there is no water. So I've looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. The Bible declares that David had seen a glimpse of God's power and his glory. He was longing for it. He was thirsty for it. He was seeking. How did he get it? How many of you want to know how he got it? Isaiah 26 and verse 9. Isaiah 26 and verse 9. You can get it on the screens for me, please. How many of you are receiving revelation here tonight? I say, how many of you are receiving revelation? Isaiah 26 and verse 9. Yes, by my spirit... Within me, I will seek you. Say with me, my spirit will seek God. 
So when we look at these verses, we discover number one, the flesh longs for God in worship. Number two, the, the soul begin to thirst for God. But thirdly, the spirit begins to see God. Your spirit man wants to seek God and find Him. It is in our DNA to seek our Creator, but also meet our Creator. God put it in us. There is a seeking in your spirit to meet the living God. Are you ready for this tonight? John 4 and verse 23 and I'm closing. A time will come however indeed it is already here. When the true genuine worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Say with me spirit worship. This is spirit Connecting with spirit. You feel it in worship when your spirit. Is this too deep for you tonight? Are you with me? You, you feel your spirit connecting with the spirit of God. How many of you felt that before? He says, I seek those worshipers. Here is another key to pierce the veils. Worship the Father in spirit and in truth and reality. That's that purity. For the Father, now watch this. Your spirit is seeking God. But God's spirit is seeking you. We're not even worthy. We are nothing. But yet, the spirit of Abba seeks us. Just such people as these is worshipers. God is a spirit, a spiritual being. And those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Which means your worship is authentic. I sense the glory. Just oh, the glory of your presence. Just play it for me. I sense the glory here, even as I'm speaking. Worship is the most powerful weapon you can use. To pierce through the veils and get to God. Now this is what happened. I want you to write it down quickly. So when we look at the tabernacles, we see that the, the outer cord, it represents the realm of the flesh. The veil of the flesh. The holy place, it symbolizes the veil of the soul. Thirdly, the most holy place symbolizes the veil 
of the Spirit. So in other words, longing will take you to the outer court. You begin to long for God. Now you're drawing closer. You're about to pierce the first veil. Thirsting now takes you to the holy place. And now seeking takes you to the holy of holies. Into the very presence of God. Have you ever wondered why the scripture says in, in Psalm 42 verse 7 deep calls unto deep. That is God calling you come beyond the veil. Because once you pierce that veil, this is what you begin to hear now. What did I read to you in the beginning? But eye has not seen, ear has not heard. Now you begin to hear the noise of your waterfalls. David said, when I pierce that veil, I suddenly begin to hear waterfalls in the spirit. I've been in many meetings where I literally heard waterfalls in the spirit. So we pierce that realm and suddenly you begin to hear the noise of the waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over. How many of you felt the presence of God come over you like waves? So this is what happens in the outer courts. Your mouth worships God. In the holy place, your soul worships God. But in the holy of holies, your spirit worships God. You cannot stop in worship if you are not hearing the noise of his waterfalls. It is like David pierced the spirit and walked into paradise. It is possible that through worship we can pierce a veil and walk into paradise. How many of you felt that even in these meetings, it literally feels like you're in paradise? It feels like you're in heaven. Now watch this. Can I show you something you've never seen before? Because this is revelation. Psalm 46 and verse 10. I'm going to give you one more. Can I give you one more? So now you pierce that veil. You begin to hear waterfalls in the spirit. All these waves comes upon you. You will feel in worship as your eyes is closed. Because those with their eyes open cannot have encounters. Because you are aware of your natural surroundings. You cannot focus on the spirit. When you pierce that veil suddenly you'll begin to feel waves. You'll feel like heat go through your body. 
many feel like electricity in the hands. I feel like heat waves that go through my body. You know, you've pierced the veil. But once you enter that realm, the Bible says, be still and know that I'm God. Be still and know that I'm God. You know that song, be still and know, you know, that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and Can you lift your hands and sing everything in your voice now, Grandpa? Be still. that mean be still and know by revelation there is a veil you pierce in God where you don't have to you don't have to praise anymore you don't have to lift your voice anymore you don't even have to worship. Because you enter that realm where you stand before the living God. And He imparts all that He is into you. Keep the verse on the screen. Why does He say be still? So in worship we seek Him. We lift our voice. We do our part. We seek Him. And now in Psalm 46 verse 11, we find, we have, we find God. He says, I want you to be still. That I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. How will God be exalted without us? He imparts into us to exalt Himself in the earth. People that pierce this veil, listen, they receive power, ability, the prophetic, miracles, giftings, oil for God to be exalted. In the nations and in the earth. In this realm, you have discovered God now. You found Him. 
And he begins to download into your spirit. Therefore, many times when you pierce this veil, you will hear the Lord say, shh, just quiet down. And you just stand there and you receive. Because worship is giving out, being still and knowing that his God is receiving. So he wants you in that moment to be still for you to receive what he has for you. You do not seek him purposeless. You seek him with a purpose. He seeks you with a purpose. And that's to impart. That's to give. But he has in mind for you. Transformed. For more great content and updates in the Apostle, please go to our social media page.